Well, good morning, East Tennessee. Thank you for joining us this morning here on Around the House. My name is Scott Brokamp, your host and, uh, well, founder, co-owner of His Security and Technology, locally owned and operated right here in beautiful East Tennessee. Hope you're all enjoying this morning. Uh, unfortunately, it seems to be the one of the dying last days of some nice warm weather. I, for one, enjoy my warm weather. So, here we go. Fall is here. Next week will be a little different. Don't forget your coats next uh, on Monday. <clears throat> You're going to need them. Any rate, hey, there is a lot going on. Of course, it's Halloween time. It's Saturday. It's game day in a lot of areas. So, uh, well, let's talk about it, right? There's no shortage of Halloween fun to be had this weekend. You have all the corn mazes, boo at the zoo, which I'll be going to this weekend, trick-or-treating in in the cave at Cherokee Caverns, a haunted tour of Blunt uh, Mansion, the Imes Nature Center, Enchanted Forest, and, well, the list goes on and on and on and on. And if you want to read that list, the best place to go is to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. You can get a complete list of Halloween happenings going around town uh, this weekend. The Dogwood Arts Bazillion Blooms Dogwood Tree Sale is open. You can order your trees now through November 16th and pick them up on December 8th. More details at dogwoodarts.com. Maybe you're looking for a little softball today. Our Lady Vols are having the Orange and Blue World Series this weekend. Some, uh, well, just a little fun intramural competition happening. Today's game is going to, first pitch is going to be at 2.30 today at Sherry Parker Lee. Admission is free, so go check that out. That will have you home in time, well, to watch Tennessee take on Kentucky. Another wonderful rivalry that we have here in East Tennessee. So uh, be sure to cheer on our walls as they are in Lexington tonight. Coverage is on ESPN, or you can listen to them on our sister station, WIVK. Again, kickoff is at 7 o'clock. Well, it's October. It's slowly coming to an end. And October is, well, as many of you know, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, it, it is typically a month that I am extremely busy. This year, I will tell you, I have taken a little bit of a back seat. Uh, but that doesn't mean my passion for finding a cure to cancer has diminished in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I I guess it was eight years ago. I had a conversation with this wonderful person, uh, Julie Blaylock, and we were just discussing about my fundraising efforts. And she shared with me a very personal story, a very personal story of her journey involving breast cancer. And so, uh, all I'm going to tell you is this morning, buckle up. Because we're going to talk about, um, well, we're going to talk about some serious things. But you're you're going to get to hear from an amazing person. Uh, I, I would say she is definitely one of my sheroes in life. She has uh, accomplished many things, and quite frankly, took cancer and kicked it in the jaw and stomped on its head, and continues to work for keeping it that way. Uh, she is none other than the president of the Farragut Chamber, Julie Blaylock. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Scott. I hope I didn't, you know, I didn't 
put you up too high this morning. I, you didn't set the bar too terribly nah. high. It's it's not all serious, though. I think my best Halloween costume was actually the year that I was going through chemo treatment. Um, I got to be the spider queen and had a spider web painted on my bald head, and that was fantastic. <laughs> you, you know, that's one of the things that I so admire about you, right? From the years that we have spent networking and doing different things, business-oriented, I've gotten to know you a little. And one of the things that I do know about you is you are able to find that positive moment in no matter what's going on. Uh, everybody's different, and we'll talk about that later on in the hour. Um, but for me, it's critical. You you have to laugh. You have to you know go with the flow and take things as they come because cancer or not, life still goes on. It does. It does. And it doesn't matter what your ailment is. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Um, you, you know, somebody told me a long time ago that everything we go through in this life is temporary anyways. That's right. So uh, there you go. Well, Julie, tell us, who who's Julie Blaylock? And, and I know that you have a, a job that you just love. I so do. Let's let's talk about that for a few moments. I do. I do. It, you know, I've I've said it for a long time now. I literally have the best job I never knew I wanted. I <laughs> kind of fell into the chamber of commerce, uh, which is normal. Um, I stumbled into it the year as I was finishing my treatment for breast cancer, <laughs> and our chamber has been such a gift. Uh, it, it's been an opportunity for me to grow and to develop. Um, in business and as a leader and hopefully as a servant and that's the most important thing but our chamber is something i'm super proud of and super passionate about so we were launched in 1987 our, our office is in farragut but mm. we cover pretty much the whole knox county region yeah uh we've got over 700 members 705 as of yesterday wow so we're growing uh we saw a 44 percent growth in membership last year alone which is massive and about 30% of our businesses are in Farragut, including his security and technology. We mm -hmm. thank you for being a member. Absolutely. And then 61% uh, is in Knoxville and Knox County, so not Farragut. And then the other 9% is in all the surrounding counties. Well, it, in, you, that growth that you have, I, I'm sure there's a lot of things that attribute to it. But I can tell you from, uh, as a member standpoint, one of the things that I feel obviously attributes to that is just the amazing attention to to their to your guys's clients right to your members that you guys focus on making sure that you are being every resource that you can for your members uh and i think that is amazing one of the other things that i appreciate it's just the community that is is among the chamber itself is to me is i mean it's it's the best chamber that i've ever been a part of I mean, I don't say that just because you're here. I tell people that constantly. It really is. Well, we appreciate that. And if it's the best chamber, it's the best chamber because of members, uh, yeah. because they are the ones who really are in charge. Without our members, we don't have a chamber of commerce. Um, we have a fantastic volunteer board of directors um, who are selfless and generous with their time and their talents and their ideas. Uh, we've got a great volunteer ambassador team that makes my staff of three look a lot bigger than we are. Uh, we've got a young professionals contingency. So uh, it would be easy to sit here and say that, you know, that I have anything to do with how great our organization is. But really, it is a culmination of everybody else um, who is making it what it is. And yeah. I'm proud of them.
Well, I mean, and it is right. It it is a group effort, and and I just know that you guys make it so exciting to be a part of that group. It, it just it's just really cool. Um, you know, we're a part of multiple chambers, and listen, we've got some other great chambers in the area. I'm not saying that by any means. We absolutely do, uh, and we're members of most of them. And I, that's how I'm able, I guess, to to make that that statement on our behalf is that being members of others other chambers, just the I don't know what it is. It's it's just the welcoming feel that we always get, no matter what we're doing, with with the Farragut Chamber. It's just it, it's just cool. But you guys, you have been able to reach out to some other chambers, and you guys in what six different chambers is it that you've done multi chamber events with? Yeah, we we started doing a, a multi chamber or regional chamber networking shortly after twenty twenty. Uh, in part as a result of everything that happened during 2020 with COVID. It started out with just us in the Loudoun County Chamber. And yes, it has expanded now to six chambers. Uh, We'd love to see it grow and include even more chambers. Our challenge is finding a place that has enough space and parking. Mm, Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, I mean, I'm sure somebody's listening from UT that can, you know, open up and offer maybe a facility, right? I, if if Mr. Boyd wants to offer off Nalen Stadium, I will take it. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. I, it sounds like a great idea to me. Uh, so real quick before we take a break, I, I know that uh, your journey into your position at the chamber was, uh, well, you had a great mentor. I did, uh, and, and and Miss Betty Cisco, and and I know that uh, we we still mention her frequently. Uh, such a great woman, and and a great friend to you. Just tell me, tell our listeners real quick what what was the, what did that mentorship mean to you for where you're at today? Betty held the ladder that that I was able to climb. Uh, you know, there, there's no other way to put it. Uh, we lost her earlier this year, um, ultimately to her own cancer, yeah. uh, which she was fighting before I got to the chamber. And so uh, that was a thread that we had in common, understanding the challenges of treatments and things like that. But she was just an absolutely amazing person, an amazing woman. Um, it meant everything to me to be able to learn from her, uh, to make mistakes under her, and to grow and to always have her underneath my wings. Well, I, I love that explanation as she was the one that held the ladder for me to climb. That is awesome. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, now that you know a little bit about Julie, we're going to, well, we're going to get a little intimate. So uh, get your box of tissues. You may need them. Uh, you may not. But uh I just want you to be able to experience the the sheer magnitude of Julie's story because it is really, to me, amazing. So make sure that you continue here. Follow us uh, when we come back here on Around the House on News Talk 97 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, and I am speaking this morning with Julie Blaylock. From the West Knoxville Chamber of Commerce, Farragut in particular, and well, Julie told us a little bit about uh, about the chamber and how she got to where she is at the chamber. Um, 
but I'm just going to tell you the real reason Julie's here this morning is, as you know, finding a cure to cancer is is huge to me. Um, breast cancer has not been the biggest cancer affecting cancer in my life, uh, but cancer has been a part of my life, as I'm sure it has been a part of yours. Um, you know, there are so many different types and forms of cancers that it, quite frankly, is just ridiculous. And one of the things that I know is the only way that we're going to be able to battle and find resources to get through these battles is by being able to do the research. And that's one of the reasons why myself, I am so passionate about fundraising for American Cancer Society um, is because, yes, we are in October and, and we're talking about breast cancer and breast cancer awareness, but the American Cancer Society is doing and funding research for finding cures and finding solutions to all cancers that we encounter. Um, many of you know who know me. Uh, last year, we had an employee go through her own battle uh, with cancer, as well as my father was going through his battle. Um, I'm sure if you're listening this morning, you have been affected by cancer. It, it's just the reality of life. One in three people are going to have cancer. One in three. And that number, unfortunately, that three is, is dropping every day. It's being more and more as a, a one in two. And, and eventually, it's, it's just a part of what we deal with. And that's to me is very serious. It's something we all have a part in something that we can all do. Um, and so with that, as we are wrapping up breast cancer awareness month, um, Julie, Julie has an amazing story, um, of survivorship. Uh, and, and quite frankly, it, it's, it's not an uncommon story. I wish it was, but it's not. We know that um, one in eight women are going to have breast cancer. and But we do know that the survivorship from the first five years were up to 99%. And that's due to the research that companies and, and foundations like the American Cancer Society and, and Susan G. Komen and, and the multitude of foundations that are out there from the research that they have done um, so that now cancer is not a death sentence. And and to me, that means we're on the right track. We are on the right track. So with all that being said, um, let's face it. The biggest thing is, is, is awareness, knowing your body, and, well, making sure that you are having those regular checkups uh, and, and, and making sure if you're a female, making sure that you, you go in and, and get those mammograms done. Go get checked, right? Go get checked. So uh, with all of that, I'm going to shut up. And and I want to we, hear from Julie. And Julie, if you'll just tell us a little bit about how your journey started. Uh, and and obviously, I you have shared many a times um, to others what you have learned in your experience to help them on their journeys. Yeah, my... My big takeaway to anybody this month and, and since I got diagnosed um, is really to, like you said, to know your body, 
and to trust your gut and trust your intuitions because your intuition, I think, is one of the best tools that you can have. Yeah. Um, I got diagnosed at age 31. Uh, I was not of mammogram age yet, so I wasn't mm -hmm. doing those checks because it wasn't time for me to have them yet. Um, and incidentally, I think only one in 200 women in their 30s get diagnosed with breast mm -hmm. cancer. So it's it's a lower number, um, and right. the survivorship tends to be a little lower than that 99%. I think it's about 85% just because if you're in your 30s, you're not thinking about cancer. You're doing so many other things with your work and your career mm -hmm. and your personal life. Uh, so cancers tend to go undetected. Right. And so by the time they find them, they tend to be a lot larger in size yeah. uh, and the tumors tend to be more aggressive. So for me, uh, I was going to be in a wedding that year. Uh, it was my second or third wedding of the last five years. And of course, being in a wedding involves being in a dress and being in photos so I did what pretty much what anybody would do. I wanted to look better. Right. Um, and I'd gained some weight over the years, uh, which is normal. And so I wanted to get rid of that weight, started exercising, eating better, walking. And so over the course of about six or eight months, I think I lost 20 pounds, um, which was respectable. Yeah. And uh, I went and did the wedding and I stopped overnight because I was driving back from New York to East Tennessee. And I stopped overnight at a hotel and I found my tumor by accident. Um, so not to be too personal, but I was actually in the shower, um, which is very typical. Mm -hmm. And I discovered yes. a lump and I did what a lot of other people do. I immediately checked the other side because if there's two, it's supposed to be there, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, there was nothing else on the other side. Um, this was clearly an anomaly that mm. wasn't supposed to be there. And I don't even know how I'd missed it all that time. It, it felt like something that just popped up overnight. Yeah. So I finished my trip home and I've thought about just writing it off and ignoring it because I was busy. You know, I, I, I had work. I had two jobs at the time. Actually, I had pets I hiked a lot. Um, I had a really great, you know, social calendar and um, it would have been really easy for me to just put it aside as one of those things that wasn't that important because I can't say that I was going to the doctor very much in my thirties. I didn't need to. Well, but you were, you were young, active, yeah. healthy, yeah. doing, yeah. doing all the right things. Yeah. I, well, I was, I was doing all the things I wanted to do. Well, that too. Um, I can't say what changed my mind, just that little voice inside that said, this shouldn't be here. This is not normal. You need to go get this looked at. Yeah. So within about two days, I went to my OBGYN and had him take a look at it. And I'm glad I did that. And even he was not dismissive, but he was very comforting. And he said, you know, you drink a lot of coffee, you go to Starbucks all the time. It's probably a cyst. It's probably caffeine or calcium or something that's very typical for women mm, your age. Right. However, if you have time today, I'd like to send you across the street to the breast center and let's get your first mammogram and let's see what this really is mm -hmm. so that we can deal with it and we can know what we're doing. So I went across the street, um, had my first mammogram and 
my memory is that it was really like a snowball kind of rolling downhill. You know, you have the mammogram, they take you back to the room and you're sitting there waiting for the results. And then the nurse comes in and says, you know, we'd really like to do an ultrasound of what we're seeing here. And, and I immediately thought, oh, this is, this is probably mm. not good. Yeah. This is probably not good, but maybe it'll still be okay. So I went back and I did the ultrasound and then, of course, they bring in the head doctor of the breast center. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was fantastic. And she looked at me and she said, I really don't like what I'm seeing on this ultrasound. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but it, it looks like it's something that we really need to investigate. And then it was really interesting. She asked my permission to do a biopsy that day. Mm-hmm. And... I guess because I was young and I hadn't been through the experience, right? it didn't strike me as anything that I would say no to. You know, I thought, well, I'm here, I'm on the table. You've already got me as a captive audience. You know, you might as well go ahead and do the biopsy so I can get back to work. Right, right. Let's get it done. With. Let's get this done and let's move on. And um, she thanked me. And I never understood that until I think much later in my journey. But she explained to me later on that a lot of women, when they get faced with that scenario of we see something, we don't like what it is, Mm. but we need to find out what it is. I think a lot of people, you know, get paralyzed by fear. They don't really want to know. And I think that that's totally normal. Yeah. Um, but it can cost precious time. Oh yes. You know, especially you know when you're younger and the cancers tend to be more aggressive. Yeah. Um, so we did do the biopsy. They sent it off, and within about 24 to 48 hours, we had the results back that it was cancer. Um, it was um, stage two, and um, the way it was staged is based on um, the size of the tumor and then also lymph node involvement. So. My tumor was um, pretty big. It was over three centimeters. Um, We didn't know if the cancer was in my lymph nodes yet at that point, but just because of the size, um, we were deep into stage two. Um, And I'm an overachiever. So, you know, my tumor pegged every single test for, you know, highest rate of aggression, highest rate of cell mutation, um, as many receptors as possible. Um, And by receptors, what I mean is these little tentacles on the outside of the tumor that basically grab at things like your hormones or grab at proteins in your body. And they use that to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, so my tumor was doing all of those things. Um, it was a very active little sucker. (laughs) Um, so yeah, just a little pest, just, just a little, just a very, very, you know, very active little pest. But, um, I remember also asking the doctor, you know, how had this happened to me? Um, and I think that's another normal question that you ask, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're doing pretty much all the right things, you go, you know, how did I get cancer? Yeah. Um, we never really found any answers to that. Um, I didn't have any of the genetic markers for it. I did that testing, um, which is important to know it so is. that you can make decisions for it your is. future treatment. And um, my doctor said that they thought that my tumor had started maybe within the last year. Um, and they did say that if I hadn't caught it when I caught it and we had waited about another six months, I probably would have been in a very different situation like stage three or four. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, unfortunately we hear that story 
all all too much uh and we and again kind of where we started this conversation being aware of your body and and knowing and listening listening to your to your body and and making sure that well you follow up on those things um we are going to take a short break uh but when we come back we're going to continue to talk with julie about her journey and uh well you know what she has overcome and and just the remarkable uh, just the remarkable footprints that she has left on others lives uh, through this journey. So make sure you stay tuned and we'll be right back after the break here on around the house with Scott Brokamp on news talk 987 WOKI. Welcome back to around the house. I'm Scott Brokamp. Your host for this morning and well, most Saturday mornings. And if you've been listening with us, uh, you know that we are on a journey speaking with Miss Julie Blaylock of the Farragut West Knox Chamber. And um, we're we're wrapping up Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And um, Julie, as you, if you were listening, you know, is a survivor of breast cancer. And we were just kind of talking about her journey. And so before the break, um, Julie was sharing with us her experience in her diagnosis. And so... We're just going to kind of continue on that path. So, Julie, diagnosis was made, and what what did that, how how did that hit you? How did you take that at 31? That's a really good question. Um, I remember getting the detailed diagnosis and... I think it's when you hear something like that, especially at that age, I don't think you process it right away. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it kind of feels a little like you go underwater. Yeah. I mean, how could you though? Right. I mean, you, yeah, you're going to need some time for that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot because you know, you're, you're being given a, a frightening diagnosis, um, you're being told in the same breath that um, you're not going to be able to work um, like you have been mm. because of the treatment that you're going to have to go right. through. Um, and, you know, for me being someone who is very independent, um, you know, just thinking about how that was going to change the way I lived my life. Would I be able to still support myself? Um, how is it going to affect my family? Um what are my friends, you know, how are they going to process it? Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that go through your head. Uh, I didn't have children, you know, but I know other women who have children, you know, young children and they get that diagnosis. How are you going to take care of your kids and the people that rely on you? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a lot. Um, I remember uh, having a breakdown um, alone in my car, um, probably, a few hours after I first got that diagnosis. And once that happened for me, I realized that crying about it and being sad and being afraid wasn't going to change the fact that I had that diagnosis. And so that was probably for me the point where I started to grasp from within whatever I could find and realize, okay, this is what we're faced with. So, so now we have to fight. 
now we have now we right. have now we have to deal with it. Gloves on, it's time to go. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, and it's it, it, kind of like my my dad when he was diagnosed with his throat cancer mm-hmm. um, last year. He, you know, I mean, that was it. It was okay. This is what I got. It's it's time to go to battle. It's time to go to war. Let, let's go. Let's fight. And at that point, you know, he did research as to find whatever he could to help himself uh, and, and did the necessary things to help his body yeah. through this process. Uh, and, and at um, 70, what was he, 76, when he started through his journey, you know, even then the doctors and all, they were like, you know, you're you're kind of the, the poster child of, of going through treatment because he did all the right things. He did everything good because again, like you said, right, it's time to fight. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately far too often, not everybody has that mindset. Yeah. And, and I think that that happens for a lot of different reasons. There's yeah. so many complicating factors um, mm-hmm. that can keep a person from, being able to do what they need to do, you know, to fight as hard as they can. Well, and and I'm sure it it seems like the more that the more support we have in our corner, obviously is, is a good factor as well. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's definitely a huge thing. It's, um, so it's, it's funny and it's ironic, you know, um, my husband now who was not my husband then, um, he was the first person outside my immediate family who I told, um, mm. that I'd been diagnosed. And to this day, you know, years and years later, I still remember him looking at me going, you're going to be okay. And I remember hearing that. And that too was just a light bulb moment for me. Yeah. Um, I think someone else telling you, you're going to be okay. It's, it's a challenge. Um, that I wanted to meet, uh, and it's a promise I wanted to keep to mm. that person. So, um, so here I still am. <laughs> here, here you still are. So, uh, so just a, a little bit. Obviously, everybody's everybody's course of treatment is is always different, yeah. and and typically there's kind of a couple of different ways that you can go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about your course of treatment, and and just how you handled that and how you were able to overcome and work through that. Cause that's, that can be a daunting task. It is daunting. It, it's, it's very daunting. Um, and that's the main thing that my oncologist said to me that I've said to everybody else I've ever talked to, um, who's been diagnosed with cancer and, you know, has gifted me, you know, with the trust to ask about, you know, my experience so mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe they could learn from it. Everybody's different. Yeah. Um, someone else could have the same diagnosis and the same treatment prescriptions and they could weather it totally differently. So it's frustrating, but that's the main thing that everybody has to remember. Everyone is different. Um, You know, for me, my being young, I think was a huge help. Um, So what I ended up doing was I did chemo first. So I did six rounds of chemotherapy, um, which was two chemo drugs um, and a biological infusion. Mm. Uh, Then, after that was done, uh, we were looking to see that the tumor had shrunk, um, which it did. Um, we did surgery. We followed up with radiation after that. Um, and then I continued with a biological infusion. So 
altogether, my treatments took a year. Um, and there were some challenges along the way. Um, I can't say that I did uh, everything exactly right <laughs> during my treatment. Um, you know, I, I I was young and I didn't know what I didn't know. So if I felt good, I wanted to be active and, right. and, and go do the things that I wanted to do. I had a friend who we'd been hiking the Smokies all summer and we were trying to get to this hundred miles hiked mark. Well, we had this trip to Mount LeConte penned for November and it had been on our calendar for so long. Well, I was already two or three chemos in at that point in the fall. Um, so I, I asked my oncologist if, and I don't recommend this, by the way, I asked my oncologist <laughs> if he thought I should go and he said no. And so I, um, I went and I had my chemo and, uh, my friend and I, we went and did the hike anyway. Did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it was, it, it, thankfully it turned out all right. I had a lot of water and we walked, we went really slow, but, um, but it was just a milestone that I really wanted to, to hit. And, um, he found out about it later on Facebook and was not too happy. Um, but he said, I'm glad you, you got back and nothing really bad happened. Yes. Glad that all worked out. Glad that all worked out. Um, you know, it, I have through, through my fundraising efforts, through Real Men Wear Pink with the American Cancer Society, I, I mean, I've gotten to meet and build relationships and talk to so many special women, much like yourself, um, through my journey of of trying to raise money, and it's it it really is not really amazing, but amazing in a way that there is a story like that that I hear from so many different survivors. I love that. Of breast cancer, right? Because, I love that. It, and it's just, to me, it, it's that I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let you win. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you win. Yep. And I'm going to still do life regardless of the battle that I am in. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you're listening out there today, if yourself, if you're dealing with the battle of cancer or you have a loved one that's dealing with the battle of cancer, that's it. Don't let it win. Yeah. Go out there. Enjoy. Enjoy life. Yeah. And do the things that you enjoy because what I have learned from the the sheer experiences that I've had with dealing with people who are going through their battles of cancer is this. Is that... That mindset and having a good clarity of mind is the one thing that so many have said is that that's what helped me through. Yeah. That's what helped me through. Yeah. Well, and, you know, supportive medications and therapies have come such a long way. I oh, mean, yeah. when, I mean, when I was diagnosed and being told I was going to go have chemo, I had all these movie horror story images of what that was going to be like. And it was still hard. Yeah. But, you know, if you are going through cancer and you have symptoms and you're uncomfortable and not feeling good, you don't necessarily have to suffer through it. Right. Um, just because. So, you know, yeah. really lean on your doctors and your nurses. Ask for help. Yeah. Be open with your communication. It, absolutely. I mean, that's always, always the best uh, as well. So uh, we are up against a break. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back. And well, I, I just want to share in the last few moments when we come back for our final segment about the joys and well, the, the survivorship of beating cancer. So we'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp. 
on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back. I'm Scott Brokamp, your host of Around the House. I am speaking with Julie Blaylock. And, uh, well, if you've been listening, I'm just going to say there's, uh, you've got to at least feel a little bit of a stirring inside of you to have a little bit of that positive inspiration in your life at the moment. Um, we have been talking about Julie's battle through breast cancer and, um, you know, it, it's <clears throat> cancer is, is just a part of our lives, of everybody's lives. And obviously, folks like you who have been personally touched by breast cancer, you're fundamental in helping others get through their battles. Um, and, and I just want to say, Julie, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with our listeners, with our community, because another thing that I have learned through this journey is that you survivors either want to share about their experience or they want to just leave that buried in a cavern in the back of, of, of life and move on, which I get, I totally get. Um, but there are so many who are able to pull from your strengths and your experience to make it through their own battles. So thank you for being willing to share about your journey. Well, thanks for listening. With that being said, we've talked uh, about the the onset, the treatment, but let's talk about let's talk about that ringing the bell and uh, and and life afterward. Yeah, <clears throat> I did get to ring the bell. Uh, I rang the bell after. My last chemo, and I also rang it again after my last radiation. Um, I was uh, diagnosed as cancer-free um, in the fall of 2011. Um, so I now am coming up on 12 years cancer-free, uh, which is pretty fantastic. It is amazing. Yeah. That yeah. is amazing. It is. It is. It is. It's super exciting. And if you don't know, the the ringing the bell is a tradition for those who have gone through their treatments and have completed the treatment to the point that they have been able to identify the cancer is gone at that point. So, um, you know, the bell ringing ceremony is is a big deal. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It is a big deal. It's a lot of fun. Um, at chamber events now, I ring a cowbell to get everyone's attention, and I have some flashbacks, <laughs> and it's actually kind of cool. <laughs> oh gosh! Um, so, what's what's life like now? Life now is really fantastic. I think I wouldn't wish cancer on anybody, and I want to mm-hmm. be super clear about that. But for me personally. I don't regret having had cancer. Yeah. I think that it helped shape my perspective and my appreciation for life and the little things. And even though now I'm grateful 
when I find myself mired in frustration, you know, the day to day Mm -hmm. stuff that gets you down or annoys you. It's nice to be able to reflect back and and think about things could have been so much different. So for me, I'm I'm grateful, you know, to my creator that that he gave me that obstacle to overcome and that he let me overcome it. Uh, And with the support of wonderful people that he put in my life that are still there now. And that I have that reference point, you know, Mm -hmm. to really just be thankful every single day that I get to still be here. Yeah. That, uh, and let's face it, whether it's cancer, whatever it is that you're going through and whatever it is that maybe that, that pressurous source in your life, uh, as somebody told me once when I was dealing with some of my own personal struggles is that, you know, a piece of coal only becomes a diamond with pressure. And, and so, you know, those are the things that do shape us. They are the things that, that can mold us Mm -hmm. and to be on this side of it. Um, basically, you know, holding the trophy, uh, at this moment of, of winning, to remember that and to that still be that that moment for you to be like you know things could have been different you know that's that's important that's important yeah so. yeah well it's like now people call the chamber and they say how are you and i'll go well i woke up on this side of the dirt so we're already doing well right <laughs> that's exactly right so uh julie i just before we we head out um from this first hour it, to our listeners, if, if there's somebody out there who's listening, who is battling a diagnosis that is battling their own source, what, what give me just a quick word of encouragement or what would you like to say to them? Oh gosh. I think the big thing is to remind those people that they're not alone. There are those that have walked the path that they're walking and there's resources Um, whether it's through their care team, their nurses, um, their, you know, church support group, um, the American cancer society, there's places to go for help and for encouragement. They don't have to go through it by themselves. And I think for me, that was absolutely critical in being able to fight the way I was able to fight was not feeling like I was alone. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is not a battle to fight alone. It just is not. Use the resources and the tools and the support that are available. Um, I very strongly speak of that. So, uh, you know, if you're inclined today to help out my my good friend uh, Grish Desai, whose mother passed from breast cancer, which is why he's so passionate for the Real Men Wear Pink campaign. He is uh, out of the nine years that it has been here in town. He has been in it and so you can find him and make a donation to his campaign it is thepinkhero.com you can go to thepinkhero.com make a donation that money is going straight to the american cancer society julie thank you so much for being here with us this morning and sharing your story i truly do appreciate it we are going to take a break and we will continue here after the top of the hour on around the house with scott brokamp on news talk 98.7 woki
Well, good morning and welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, your host of Around the House, founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology, locally owned and operated right here in Farragut, Tennessee. Um, you know, I, I didn't quite get to our topic of the day before the first hour, and so uh, if you couldn't have already imagined, our topic of the day today is going to be, well, breast cancer awareness. Uh, it is October 28th. We are coming to the end of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and as I mentioned before the break, my good buddy, Grish Desai, uh, general manager of El Chico's. Go to El Chico's restaurant over off of Merchants. Get you some good grub. I mean, they got some of the best Tex-Mex around. Um, they have opportunities for raffles, for, um, you know, you get you some queso on Monday, Tuesday. It's going to go to American Cancer Society. And my good buddy Grish has been, he's been fundamental in a program called Real Men Wear Pink here in Knoxville. And, um, and he's, it's been here for nine years, and he's been there every year for nine years. And his mother passed away from breast cancer, which is a part of his passion for this program. But if you want to help him out, meet his goal, he's got a goal of raising $25,000 this year for the American Cancer Society. The easiest way to help give him support is go to thepinkhero.com. That's thepinkhero.com. Dot com That will take you straight to his donation page. Um, Grish, thank you for all that you do. And, uh, man, a big thank you to Julie Blaylock for being here this morning and sharing her story of survivorship. Uh, that's, that's really what it is, a story of survivorship. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, well, you will not be left short for exciting things to do for Halloween. There is a lot to do. Corn mazes, boo at the zoo, trick-or-treating in the cave at Cherokee Caverns, a haunted tour of Blunt Mansion, the Imes Nature Center, Enchanted Forest, and there is so much more. To find a list of what's going on, go to visitnoxville.com. That's visitnoxville.com, and you'll get a full list of all the Halloween activities happening around town this weekend. The Dogwood Arts Bazillion Blooms Dogwood Tree Sale is open. You can order your trees now through November 16th and pick them up on December 8th. More details at dogwoodarts.com. That's dogwoodarts.com. Of course, the Vols are back in action tonight in Lexington as they take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Coverage is on ESPN, or you can listen to them on our sister station at WIVK. Kickoff is at 7. If you need something to do during the day today, our Lady Vols softball team is having its own little World Series, the Orange and Blue World Series, first ever. They will play today at 2.30 at Sherry Parker Lee Stadium. Admission is free, so go check it out. Have a good time and get home in time to watch our Vols play against Kentucky. Well, speaking of things going on around town, <clears throat> we're going to continue to focus on our Farragut community this morning. In the first hour, of course, Julie Blaylock from the Farragut Chamber shared her story of her battle with breast cancer. And this hour, we have Christy Viding with the town of Farragut and visitfarragut.org to talk about upcoming events planned for the holiday season and beyond. Good morning, Christy. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. You listen, I know yeah, y'all do such a great job. Yeah. You're always jam-packed with events and activities. 
Uh, my daughter was went to a, an amazing event last night at uh, Bob Leonard. Oh, yes. I was there, too. It was so much fun. Um, it was the annual trick or treat freaky Friday at Bob Leonard Park, and it we it was a great time. I mean, I just feel like there were a million kids there, you know, the Batman costumes, the princesses, the you know Avengers. It was just so much fun. They walk around the park and trick or treat at about thirty different booths. So I mm. think it's just a safe family fun event for you know, the citizens and the visitors to Farragut. Well, it is. I mean, and and let's face it. I mean, it is a great place for it. I mean, just the way the, the walkability through the park is, is it amazing? Oh, we talked about that last night. There's that nice path around the park. And yeah. They said that they, it used to be kind of, they would a little bit more compact in the park. Like they do the small loop, but yeah. they've really expanded it. And it's the large loop, but the booths people had set up had um, smoke and bubbles, and um, the their one booth had a, like a car drive-in with a movie. I mean, people oh, just wow. went all out, so it was just so much fun. And then people are already already there walking their dogs, right? You know? So they were there in costume, and um, you know, it was just just a fun family thing and something that the community is proud to host well and and quite frankly you guys are great at doing these fun family thing events and activities oh well we hope so um our next biggest thing coming up is um countdown to like the park and that mm-hmm. is um november the 20th at founders park yeah. um in farragut and um that's when they flip the switch flip the switch but yes for the christmas lights in farragut so um that day we're having cloggers and mike snodgrass is coming to perform yeah. and a choir and um a harpist so it's all at founders park from 5 30 to 7 30 on november the 20th uh, yeah november 20th that's right um uh, so wow. it'll it'll be a do, it's it's like it's a huge community event too so do you, do you do you know by chance off the top of your head what the numbers were for that event last year um they say it's pretty big they it, they don't have exact numbers but um it's it's a big event I was, <laughs> I, I, and i was i i they I, say hundreds you know but well it's i know it's more than that yeah. i think uh i i I feel like I read an article in the in the Farragut Press about it last year, and I was just blown away at the number uh, of people who were there for the lighting ceremony. It is such a big deal, and it's such a cool thing. Uh, I know the families of Farragut just love coming out for that. Well, I think, too, it just gives Farragut that small-town feel that everybody wants and appreciates, you know, yeah. to have these community events to go to and see your neighbor and really, you know, get ready for the season. And they decorate cookies have hot chocolate you know and give out little glasses to see the lights twinkle so it's just well a fun time and let's not overlook that there is the mailbox for santa right i mean your letters go to santa claus i mean the mailbox is right there it's right there so yes that is so fun for them you know for (laughs) kids to get to do my kids are a little older, but I really appreciate, you know, opportunities like that for That's right. people to get into the spirit. They still need to write a letter to Santa every they once in a while. Do. <laughs> oh, 
goodness. Well, we are going to take a short break right here. And when we come back, uh, Christy and I are going to talk about, well, what is Visit Farragut and uh, all the exciting things that are going on in the town of Farragut for all to come out and enjoy. We will be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, co-owner of locally owned and operated His Security and Technology. Well, right there in the heart of Farragut, Tennessee. It's a great place to be. I love I love our community in Farragut. It really is awesome. I am speaking this morning with Christy Vining from Visit Farragut, uh, from the town of Farragut, Farragut's Tourism. Um, I guess you're a board. Is that correct? A department within the um a department whole mm-hmm. department see look at there see i i missed uh-huh. that one <laughs> uh so christy tell us a little bit what is visit farragut what is the visit farragut program and and kind of tell us about your department who you are what you guys do all right well um as you mentioned we're the tourism program for the town of farragut and we're just dedicated to promoting you know our great community like you mentioned we're just so proud to call farragut home and we just really wanted to support our businesses within Farragut um, to both our visitors and our residents. You know, we just feel like when our businesses thrive, the whole town thrives. Mm. Um, it's been in place. The Visit Farragut program has been in place for about five years, and we're completely funded by the hotel tax, our program is. Um, but Farragut doesn't have a property tax. Um, a lot of people don't always realize that we um, the town operates mostly on sales tax so we want to make sure that the people that are visiting Farragut are shopping in Farragut eating in Farragut and just you know enjoying everything that Farragut offers well I mean there's so many things exciting things in Farragut of course you know we have uh parcel corridor Turkey Creek and that's right uh, and so many awesome new attractions i mean let's 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 talk about some of the attractions of farragut i mean we've got top golf top golf who doesn't 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 love top golf so top golf top golf knoxville opened you know in august of 2022 and um there's only three top golfs in tennessee so one in nashville one in um, chattanooga but top golf knoxville is the only one um, in east tennessee so people travel here just to play um, it's so much fun. Like we just love going as a family. I'm sure even you oh, enjoy yeah. it too. Oh yeah, I mean it's great. E- even those that don't enjoy golf enjoy top golf. Well, that's what I know. People say, "Can you play golf?" No, but top golf still so <laughs> much fun. Like you get there and there are all these games to play, like yeah. Angry Birds or you know. And I actually beat my husband. I want to say that. See uh, there, so you don't fun. have to play golf. Just. Just you know, go. go hang out and have fun. Well, and you know, Top Golf has these huge TVs, so mm-hmm. people go just to kind of. They have a great menu, a great bar area, so they'll yeah. go and just watch the game, or you know, just hang out and eat and um, just visit with each other. They have a great outdoor space yeah. with outdoor games like the cornhole and you know, letter golf that people are just um, you know you can just spend the day there, even if. You don't want to play top golf, but I'm sure you everybody wants to. There's 72 bays; they're all climate controlled, so th- yeah. that's amazing to me too. That you can yeah. play in the rain when it's cold. Um, but they've just been a great tourism partner. When we we'll go, uh, 
we go a lot to hotels and table there and greet guests. And we just learned so much that people are coming to Farragut for mm. Top Golf. There'll be bachelor parties. They're on their way to Sevierville, but they're spending the night in Farragut to play Top Golf. Retirement awesome. parties, you know, this is what the retiree wants to do, bring all his buddies to play Top Golf. There's birthday parties and um, you know, school field trips there. Like it's it's a great asset I, to have. My daughter is they're getting right. I found out last night when I got home, uh, is right before Thanksgiving, their class or their group from school is going to Top Golf. Yeah. And of course my first question was, Can I be a chaperone? <laughs> Uh, I was told no. There's there apparently no parent chaperones are allowed on this trip. They had so many volunteers, I guess, from the school. I <laughs> but don't they know. have great meeting space, so I think they do a lot of team building there, and uh, you know, corporate events. So uh, you know, we're just very lucky to have them. It, it, it and I will say, look, I I like to golf. I'm not very good at, but I enjoy golfing. Um, but what I know is that those who don't golf who have never golfed and maybe they don't even enjoy golfing. Everybody I've ever talked to has enjoyed going to top golf. That's right. They That's, just have, it's just fun. So, uh, well, well I, uh, um, and it's just an amazing facility. My parents yeah. are from West central Georgia, small town. And the last time they were here, I took them just to see it. And, you know, they're just like, you know, their mouse on the ground. Like, what is this place? It's, <laughs> it's just so it's amazing. It's, that, it's yeah, just magic. Uh huh. Well, so we've got Top Golf, um, and of course we've got the the famed Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe next door, and we <clears throat> we mentioned um, Top Golf. So Chuck Ward is the owner of the Cotton Eye yeah. Joe, and he says his business is up like thirty percent since Top Golf opened. Oh yeah. So uh, you know that's been really neat to see how these businesses support each other. So yeah. Well, and I have heard. Uh, from folks who have come here to see a show at uh, at Cotton Eye Joe, and they but they plan a weekend out of it. That's right. <clears throat> and so they come and they they stay in a Farragut hotel. Mm-hmm. They eat in Farragut restaurants. Mm-hmm. They go to the show. That's what we hear. And they go to Top Golf. That's right. Well, we're just uh, the Cotton Eye Joe. It's this year is celebrating their thirtieth anniversary. So I mean that's. That's a milestone in itself to have the small business open that long. So yeah. we're just really excited about that. But then the Cotton Eye Joe is just, it's so much fun. The Mechanical Bull, they have a guy there named Bubba that teaches line dancing lessons. And um, they watch MMA fights there. They, you know, just do all kind of stuff. Yeah. It's not just concerts. But if you want to talk about concerts, they're bringing big people yeah. to Farragut. You know, they've had Dirk Bentley and Morgan Wallen and Chris Stapleton, and they're just, um, you know, one year they won the Nightclub of the Year. Nightclub of the Year. I I think that was last year. Academy of Country Music. Yeah. It's right here in in Farragut. So, I mean, that's a big draw to people. Well, it is, and and I will tell you, because I I know Chuck, as so many people in this town, in this community, know Chuck Ward, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he is... When he took over ownership of Cotton Eye Joe, uh, obviously he was able to to help make some changes over there. But what I just I, I love, I mean, again with Chuck is he is such a community guy. He gives back so much into our communities, mm-hmm. and so everything that he does, all the businesses and and the bits and pieces that he's a part of, 
it, it ends up going back into our communities. That's right. And he's been such a great partner for us. He is. He's just a great dude. So, and they have the iconic Cotton Eye Joe sign on the on I the know. highway, and there he's he's working trying to update that. And people are excited. You know, they know it needs updating, but uh, you know, nobody wants him to touch the logo. Right. You know, it's right. just so so iconic. So, and I know even Thomas Rhett's song sixteen mentions the Cotton Eye Joe. You no know? kidding. So, uh, you know, we're just really proud that it's here. It, yeah, it, it's awesome. And they're, for their 30th anniversary, too, they're having a big concert coming up with Sammy Kershaw. So oh. um, you just got to make sure that you follow them on socials or check their website to, you know, get tickets to that. So, oh, and ride the bull while you're there. Ride the bull. Yeah, and they're really proud, too, of their um, decor. They even have, you know, it's very, very, they even have, a hood of a truck in there, yeah. But, you know, and some yeah. fun <laughs> decorations. It's just neat to go. They, they do. They definitely. It's huge. They have a lot of cool decor. Yeah. Uh, of course, then you go in there and you, uh, they've got the pool tables in the back. So that's you know, right. Mm-hmm. You know, hang have out. Have you read the bull? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 Mm-mm. I was going to ask what your time was. No. 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 My time is not a. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. <laughs> no. Not riding that bull. Uh, uh, all right, we'll, we'll let that's a perfect intro to move on from there. <laughs> <laughs> no bull riding for me. Uh, but let's talk about really some of the other things we have to offer that are in Farragut. Okay. Uh, I mean, Parks and Greenways is a huge draw in the town itself. Uh, you know, we enjoy the parks. I mean, there's Founders Park, there's Bob Leonard Park, there's McPhee Park. Um, did I miss any? Oh, we have six. We have six parks. Well, I only got three. Oh, yeah. I know. So uh, what are the other three that I missed? Concord? Uh, yes, Anchor Park. So, well, we have 25 miles of greenways, and people just love to bike, yeah. you know, walk, run on those. So that's something that we're really proud to have. Um, so Founders Park, you mentioned, it's passive. It's more relaxing, adjacent to the library right there on yeah. Campbell Station. Um, people walking their dog, having a picnic there. Uh, the Blue Cross Blue Shield Playground is one. It's behind Town Hall. Yes. And it is covered all the time with um, kids playing. And we've really talked to um, visitors there, and they love that that's the playground in the middle of town. Hmm. So, you know, p- parents are running errands, and, yeah. you know, if you behave, we can go to the playground uh, when you're done. So um, that's really been used. And the, the town of Farragut just added a bathroom, um, the outdoor bathroom, and it's the playground that's ADA accessible, so um, everybody can play there. So then there's McPhee Park on McPhee Road, um, which is huge. It has a great lawn, a tennis courts, pavilion, and the um, the town just added pickleball courts there. Yeah, and the basketball courts. Um, they just added a bike trail, and there's plans to add a dog park there. So that part gets it, really used. It's yeah, it and it just continues to grow. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, think, and the splash pad is there. Yes, yeah. the splash pad. And then in I I believe I read in the Farragut Press that there's uh another expansion to McPhee Park that is in the thought process. Is that correct? Oh yes, that's the um the land that they're thinking about buying. Yes. I think they're voting on that. Um soon that will be the final decision to right. purchase that land it's like 55 acres or yeah, something crazy it's exciting and I, it's I think. <laughs> and it would be an expansion for mcphee park right. if i read that correctly yeah. and it's it's i mean mcphee park is just you know just a great great park i just you know we really use that 
Um, and then you mentioned Anchor Park on Turkey Creek Road. It has the fields, a playground, the small fishing pond, and that's yeah. where they do the um, Bob Wyatt Fishing Rodeo every year. And then Mayor Bob Leonard Park on Watt Road. Yes. The one. And that's the walking trails, the sand volleyball courts, the soccer fields, baseball fields, wetlands area. So it's, you know, where they did the Freaky Friday last night. and. Yeah. It's the park closest to me, so that's where you can find me walking my dog. And, that's where you're at. Yes. Well, and of course, it is um, the the famed park for Meet the Fleet. Meet the Fleet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fun so. with the fleet. Yeah, that they do every year. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. That's uh, and that's always exciting. Um, I I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll we'll hit one more thing before we take a break. There's so much to talk about. I know. That we just you know we're gonna have to. We'll, we'll we'll kind of fit some of that in there, but so, I, Bob Leonard Park, it has that amazing turf soccer field that is out there, and I know that every time you drive down Watt Road, that field is in use. It's in use, yes, and um and like I mentioned, that's where I walk my dog, and I was telling the park director the other day, I'm like, I just. I, every time I'm just blown away, people are playing the volleyball, people are, um, you know, on the baseball fields and yeah. the soccer fields. And, you know, it's just a great asset to have to offer. Well, and, residents. and, and you guys, you, you have, there's, there's baseball and softball fields, by the way, if you're listening, yes, they are different. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> softball field does not have a mound, a pitcher's mound. It is flat. So no advantage, you know, the women, they never get the advantage. Right. Uh, but there is, you have softball field, baseball fields. There's, what is there? F- six soccer fields with the upper level. Is it that many? I'm not sure. I think it because there's I think there's four up top. You got the big main one on Watt Road, and then there's the one off to the side of the parking lot that gets used frequently. That's probably more mixed use, but Oh yeah, that those they'll throw the football around there too. Yeah. I mean, there's just there is just so much space. There's just so much to do. There's ample parking. There's the playground. Uh you know, I, I don't know. Our kids maybe we're weird, but the parks are always called by the color of their playground equipment. So <laughs> McPhee Park had been the blue park for years. And uh, Bob Leonard used to be the red park, which it's not anymore because they updated the playground, what, three years ago oh, or so. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know. Yeah, well, call it what you want, just as long as you're using it. Just so, as long as you're using that's it. That's right. right. Uh-huh. So, but, and again, and it is, it's just a great place to go. There's there's plenty of, of walk space. And there's bathrooms at all the parks, yeah. so that's nice. You know, some people just want to go and have a picnic lunch, and that's, you know, just get outdoors. People in yeah. East Tennessee love to do that. So I, My favorite for picnics is Founders Park. I'm just going to tell you. Oh, yeah. Everybody that's my loves favorite. that park. I, uh, I remember when, when my wife and I were dating, I made a, I made a nice picnic lunch, and, and we met at Founders Park. And, oh, and it look is, at you. <laughs> it's just but it's you know you've got the hillside and in, in the woodsy area behind it and and it's just it, it's just a nice little quaint it's got the creek running through it's it's just so cool you yes know? and so, it's very used to it, oh it is yeah. i mean all the parks obviously are are used to their fullest which is why you guys are able to continue to invest in 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 grow the parks because well they are used mm-hmm. so all right well we are going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to talk about 
other exciting things to do in Farragut. There's so much to do. We might need another hour. Uh, we <laughs> just can't squeeze it in today. We will be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp. Founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology, locally owned and operated, right on Kingston Pike in the heart of Farragut. Love being there. Man, the town was so accepting of us when we moved in there. Uh, and just just the support that we have in the town of Farragut is just amazing. I'm speaking with Christy Vining of Visit Farragut um, from the town of Farragut. Her her entire existence is is in the department of visit Farragut. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that, uh, look, when you've got your out-of-town guests that are coming to visit, because we all know that's what happens because we live in East Tennessee, everybody wants to come visit us. Even if you're the, uh, maybe you're the, the aunt or uncle or cousin or whatever that uh, nobody ever wanted to visit, well, move here. They'll want to visit you now. <laughs> but when they come here, Look, you got to make sure that they have exciting things to do, and uh, you have such a list available. If you go to uh, visitfarragut.org, you will just be blown away with the amount of things the town of Farragut does and has available to us. Uh, obviously, a, a lot of those, a lot of those individuals are friends of ours, um, friends just through community. Um, it's just amazing. Many of us, again, we, you know, we talked in the first segment with uh, Julie Blaylock from the Farragut West Knox Chamber, and they are they do such an amazing job. And I think, you know, we were talking about, I was talking about how I think they're one of the best chambers that we're a part of, and we've got great chambers in our area. But I think it's that relationship with the town. Um, what do you think, Christy? I, I think that plays oh, a big part Julie, of it. Julie does such a great job, and, um, and that chamber just really supports um the businesses and just uh we're just lucky to have her and her staff and what all they do to promote the businesses and that's that's one thing that the um the tourism department is really you know really tries to do too is just to drive revenue to the to the Mm -hmm. local businesses so you know some ways we do that it's on our on our website like you mentioned or in our newsletter um and social media we have facebook and instagram and we do posts and stories and reels so every week we do a a social media post called what's up weekend we talk about what's happening in our community so that's always a lot of fun there's a fun and farragut series which is exactly like it sounds what people can do for fun and farragut you know we share their events and specials so we just really try to promote our businesses too Uh, we list all our businesses on our map um, of the town on our website we have a dining guide of 60 plus restaurants you know that we have in farragut that we just distribute to hotels and businesses it's amazing and, that, yeah. that there are 60 plus restaurants i know and some great ones right oh Sam no and andy's seasons water and wine like yeah. we're just really blessed to have so many great choices yeah, dear, I'm going to tell you, my friends over there at Seasons, boy. I, mm, oh, yeah. Mm, and Chef Ron, back, he was back in the kitchen there. I don't know if he still is, but mm, 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 I love me some Seasons, especially the, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, 
I, I'm a dessert guy, right? Yeah. I mean, look at me. <laughs> I, I eat some dessert. Okay. And as the seasons change, I'm just going to, you know, divert a little bit. So one of the cool things about them is their menu changes at the season. And so if you've never been to Seasons Innovative Bar and Grill over in, in Turkey Creek in Farragut, you should check it out. It, it is you an amazing experience. It, mm-hmm. it is great food. Whenever we have, uh, when I have our business partners that we do business with, when they come into town, that's always where we go. Yeah, and we just had a big meeting recently. We took our guests there. You know, yeah. we've got, I, I've got guys that come to town. They're like, all right, what time do we need to make reservations at Seasons? And, <laughs> and what season is it? What's on the dessert menu? Uh, you know, so anyway. So what's your favorite? My favorite is the uh, red velvet cheesecake. Okay. Yeah, red velvet <laughs> cheesecake. So that will not come until winter. Uh, so I am waiting for the winter menu to hit. Uh, right now it was the uh, pumpkin spice cheesecake, which is amazing. So, so it, winter doesn't have to be all bad. They have the it, red velvet cheesecake at season. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, in the interesting thing, right, is that um, Chef Duran, who obviously is, is the founder of Seasons, his son uh, does the desserts. He is a he is a dessert mastermind, and has his own business, uh, little um, uh, little bread pudding. And you know, anyway, it's just. Well, I just I love that you mentioned it's a family affair. It so is. we see that a lot too with our Farragut businesses. Yeah. You know, it's it's that local, you know, local family homegrown those businesses that yeah. you know really make a community what it is yeah well in fact this week in the farragut press was the um the the annual family-owned business special that comes out in the farragut press so mm-hmm. of course uh rick terry jeweler jewelers was uh featured in there yet again yes. and you know much like us you know we're we're a local family-owned business my wife's our general manager and um you, you know we try to we we try to it, it we want our employees and and it, we, we we're a community-driven business, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I will say as a business owner in the town of Farragut. I love that you guys promote the town of Farragut with all the amazing things that we have to offer, and obviously the draw for the tourism is there, but people want to be there, That's right. and, and people want to come, and you guys support your local businesses just to me it, it's just amazing that the support that the town offers to their local businesses and and i thank you for that because it's just it's great we appreciate it well you, you talk to like you know it's a lot of times it's about building those relationships and how you feel mm-hmm. and just giving that customer service so yeah. you know fair gets really great about about that yeah thing, you you're, know you're right so well, um, we only mentioned seasons, but another another big draw that we have for Farragut is is Turkey Creek, yeah. the shopping district. You know that that's really a premier shopping district for all of East Tennessee. Yeah, and it has those small smaller stores like the Seasons and the Burrito Bar and the Buttermilk Sky Pie. But then it features you know the Big Box, the J.C. Penneys, and the mm-hmm. Marshalls and Belk. So you know we just find that people are coming from all over to shop at um, Turkey Creek and yeah. they're opening the PGA Superstore. It's coming to the former Best Buy and the Burlington Coke Factory is coming soon to the Off-Broadway Shoes. So we just really think it's one-stop shopping. You know, come spend the day, eat there and get all your errands done. So Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, there you can pretty much accommodate everything you need to do right there in Turkey Creek. Mm-hmm. You know, get your hotel, you've got your restaurants, you got mm-hmm. your shops, your shopping, uh, and then, you know, well, of course, that evening, just, you know, drive across and 
<clears throat> go over to Top Golf. So. That's right. <laughs> and we do. We have nine hotels in Farragut, but that's one one reason we think people choose to stay there is that it's so close to Turkey Creek, and they can just you know they're at the Hampton Inn, they stay and they uh, walk to Daddy Max and eat. Yeah. You know, so that's a nice feature. Well, and 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 really, I mean, when we get down to it, the the area in itself where we are at in East Tennessee, since we are at that corridor of Interstate Forty and Interstate Seventy Five. It's a great crossroads. It's a great stopping point mm-hmm. for so many travelers. And so, you know, I, obviously that helps and in, in brings some of that spark to the, the travel tourism industry. Oh, we hear a lot that people, so they live in the north yeah. and then they go to Florida every year. They're, you know, those yeah. snowbirds and they, they stop. This is their stop. This is their stop. Yeah. And yeah. they have their little routine of what they do. Yeah, so. absolutely. And, you know, um, Turkey Creek does a great job with events, too. They they have their, like, uh, Christmas tree lighting. Mm-hmm. They just did Taste of Turkey Creek, and they did a um, Harvest Jam, and they did outdoor music and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you know Daryl Whitehead, the general manager there? He His staff does a great job with um, just the promotions and events for Turkey Creek, too. Yeah. Makes it fun. Yeah, well, in WATE, um, Channel 6 did their um, Women's Spectacular, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of with that harvest event uh-huh. um, that was out there a few weekends back. And um, They even do yoga, I think, sometimes on that, and that's, you know, where they do the tree lighting yeah. in that space. So, uh, I mean, they have lots of fun stuff going on. So many things, so many uh-huh. things. Uh, well, I, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of the things that are, uh, that is on our list here. And that's my good friend, uh, Johnny Stringfield down at, uh, Sir Goonies. Um, I love Sir Goonies. Sir Goonies is just a great fun family event place to go. You've got your mini golf, you've got your go-karts in the summertime, you've got your inflatable water slides. Uh, but I've gotten to know Johnny and, and Sheila well, and they are just so amazing. You know, I, I'm just going to brag on them a minute because one of the things that I learned, I was talking to some of the kids that were working there, and over the course of the years, they have had young kids who have come and have worked there summer after summer after summer after summer, and and just the mentorship that they're providing to the youth that are going through working there is just amazing. Oh, that so says a lot about them and they, their, their establishment. It, yeah. it really does. They're they're just great people. Um, and so, any right? Well, we just did a team. Our HR department just did a team building event for for the staff at Town Hall, and that's where we went with yeah. Saragonis. Yeah. And competed against each other at the mini golf, and we rode go karts, and it was so much fun. You know, like everybody's just smiling, having a great time. It's a great place to take your family. And and in the summer, um, you know, they have the water inflatables. Yeah. So they, the sports land. So it's, it's it's you know, a good time. Yeah, it is. And now uh, their daughter is, uh, daughter and son are both a part of, um, of what's happening over there now too. So it's pretty cool. And we say that that dinosaur on the, by Kingston Pike is part of the Farragut landscape, you know, like <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's, that's a, a pretty good landmark. And then we also have Farragut golfing games, which yeah. is another putt putt and they have the batting cages. So that's fun too. And cool sports. Don't, cool forget, sports. It, don't forget about cool sports. No. Yeah. Out there close to white road yeah. and they have it. Um, NHL sheet of sheet of ice Yeah, and they do, you know, hockey tournaments and 
um, ice skating. They even have public ice skating and competitive ice skating. And they have an indoor turf field, yeah. basketball courts in there. And they're, uh, uh, they're toying with pickleball courts, indoor pickleball courts in there. So, And they have a cafe. So it's just a nice a nice place to have. And it actually brings in a lot of tournaments for Farragut you yeah. know, that people are People are coming to visit, like we mentioned, and hopefully eating at Jet's Pizza or La Perilla, you know, so. Yeah, you're yeah. a little Joe's right there. And, yes. you know, So, uh, so many exciting things. I mean, I, my kids both took uh, ice skating lessons up there at Cool Sports. And so just, uh, again, there's so much to do. And, and really, the best place to discover it all is visitfarragut.org. Just go to visitfarragut.org. And you will be able to discover all the amazing things that we have to offer in the town of Farragut. I love it. It's great. Uh, but we are going to take a short break. We will come back with Christy Vining from the town of Farragut speaking all about Visit Farragut right here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I'm Scott Brokamp, and I am speaking with Christy Vining from the town of Farragut. And we are talking, well, Farragut tourism. Visit Farragut.org. Go to visit Farragut.org. You will learn so much about all the amazing things that are available in the town of Farragut. Um, you probably, much like myself, will learn about a few things that, well, you just didn't know about. Uh, between walkability trails, greenways, parks, just everything that you need, shopping, dining, local businesses, much like his security and technology. Um, there's there's just so much that you can find in the town of Farragut. Christy, thank you for being here with us this oh, morning. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. You know, we, uh, we, we did skip over. We talked about a little bit about some of the things, the Freaky Friday um, and the countdown to light the park. Um, but... You also one of the things over at Founders Park that happens is the um, the summer concert series, right? The the lawn chair, bring your chair, um, come check us out. That's right. So you mentioned visiting our website, so all these events are on there. But one thing that we're really proud of is is the summer concert series, Parks and Recs, Visit Farragut, and the summer lawn chair concert series partner together to do that. So last year we did one in June, which was like a bluegrass night. There was a kids' night with a sing-along, a magician, and cloggers in July. And then in August was the lawn chair when she had several bands come in. And, and um, you know, it's just a community event. Like, it's free. The chance for people to get together, enjoy being outside, um, you know, listening to live music. So that's always just something that people really look forward to every year. It, and and it's so fun. It just, it just is. It's a great time. And... Uh, we have taken the kids several times and, and just, well, just been able to relax and chill and get some good food at food trucks. And you and know. that's one thing, too, like that Tennessee is known for music. They, you know, Tennessee's made such an impact on the music industry. Um, and something else we do is the um, the Songwriters Week is every February. The Tennessee Department of Tourism does a Songwriters Week. So we... We hop on board with that and participate and do an annual event with that. That's in February. Um, it's held at the community center, but we really try to, um, you know, highlight some local songwriters that we've had Mike Snodgrass, Addie Levy, 
you know, to listen and appreciate like local talent. And we just did one at Daddy Mac's hometown dive. And I'm just amazed, you know, at the talent and, um, you know, of their, their songs that they've written to listen to. So, you know, we just really want to appreciate the, the music stories here in Tennessee. Yeah, there is, uh, there is no shortage of that That's right. uh, for sure. So, uh, we have, I know some of the things that are coming up, we've got the, uh, veteran salute 5k, 10k and fun run, mm-hmm. uh, coming up November 11th. That's going to be at 7:30 AM at the community center. Um, you had mentioned the Turkey Creek of Pinnacle, their lighting of the tree. So, um, their lighting of that tree is going to be on November the 17th. Okay. Um, it appears, but let's and our countdown to light the park is at, November 20th, November 20th festivities park. start at five 30 at founders park. Mm-hmm. You, I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss it. You just don't want to miss it. And okay. then, uh, light the park actually runs from November 21st to January 1st, uh, seven to 10. Um, and that's every night, every night and every night they're trying to have like a giveaway or carolers, some type of food there. So, um, like you mentioned, every night from um, till January the 1st, so people can come and enjoy the lights. Yeah, and, and that is, I mean, that's one of the things we look forward to as a family. We Every year we go through, we walk through mm-hmm. uh, what's new, what's, you know, what's changed. It's just, it, it's just a neat, um, I, I'm just going to say it's, it's, to me, it's one of those low stress events that we can take the kids to because you can just go and walk through and it's just it's so neat to see what the town does with lighting up founders park it's oh, just cool. and, and public works puts that together and they work so hard they're they're doing that now putting the lights up um so i mean it's thousands and thousands of lights yes it's just a way for people to get into the christmas spirit and you know and just you know the magic of the season so. well, of course i drive by there regularly and they've they've been in the process of putting lights out for I, i'm gonna say almost three weeks now at this point so <laughs> and i also want to mention our fam tours that we do so if people ever want to learn more about visit farragut and um, the attractions and shopping we do fam tours once a quarter our next one is november the 14th and we rent a minibus and we take people around and we stop at some of those places that, that we've talked about today, Cotton Eye Joe, um, Top Golf, you know, the community center, or this, uh, the one coming up on November 14th, we're stopping at Board and Brush and mm. painting a Christmas decoration, you know, to kind of give people an experience about what they can do in Farragut. So it, it's usually four hours, and we have a lunch and a question and answer session with the mayor or vice mayor. Uh, so just kind of get people involved and get people to buy into our program and, you know, the efforts that we're doing and educate people on, on tourism dollars or it's real money. So yeah. you know, if we can get people to stay here and shop here and eat here, then it, you know, it really benefits our community. Well, that's awesome. Hey, you can get signed up for that tour. Go to visit That's visit Well, Christy, thank you so much for being here this morning. Oh, thank I you certainly for do me. appreciate it. Uh, if you've missed part of today's show and you want to listen again, there'll be a link on my website. Just go to hissecurity.com and click on the ATH radio tab to find recordings of all of our shores, shows. Uh, you can also find us where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just search Around the House with Scott Brokamp. I want to thank my guests for being with us today and shining a spotlight on Farragut, Julie Blaylock, CEO of the Farragut Chamber, and Christy Vining with Visit Farragut.
have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the show, send us an email with your suggestions and comments to thehouse at hissecurity.com. Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. Next week, we start our sprint through the holidays. There's a lot of agencies out there addressing needs in our community and find out where and how you can help on next week's show. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a happy Halloween and find some fun around the house today.